we'd probably get in a big old fight. <laughs> One of us, both of us ain't going to be in control in my house. Somebody's going to come, somebody's going to be in charge. And if it's my house, I'm going to be the one in charge. That's sort of the way I look at it. I hope you feel that way about your own house. So Paul was praying here in verse 17 that Christ would dwell. Christ would be at home, not simply be a guest in your house, in your soul. In other words, the passions that you have, that Jesus would be in control of those passions. You see that? That he would have control of your intentions. Well, I'm a creative person. Would he have control of your creativity? I have these desires. He would have control of those desires. Now, that's what Paul was praying. He was saying, I want Jesus to settle down. I want Jesus to be at home there and control the very seat of you, the very true you. He must be in control. That's what, that was his prayer. He was praying that. Okay? And because he's not, I'm going to tell you this, because he's not, Jesus is hindered in his natural movements in us. He's tied up so that he cannot do what he wants to do in you. Because he's a guest. You're in my house. You can't go to the refrigerator unless I give you specific permission. You cannot go to bed just if you want to unless I give you specific permission. If you use the bathroom, you normally have to ask, which bathroom can I use? You know? And that's the way it is within us. Jesus is in us. We've invited Him. We've believed with the heart. He's living there, but He's only a guest there. He's, he's in the guest bedroom. He's not in control. So He is hindered. Because like Matthew said, He's polite. He's not going to come in and be a rude guest. He's hindered what he, what he can and can't do. Okay? Therefore, we are not conscious or only, con or only partially conscious of His presence in our life. Now, I've, you, you ask, where's the Lord? Why don't I sense the Lord? Why don't I feel the Lord? I just told you. It's because He's not in control of your life. You've taken back control over. Y'all with me? Therefore, out of your heart will come polluted passions, polluted intentions, polluted perverse thoughts, bad motives, unstable feelings, crummy creations. All the things of who you really are, all that stuff that God's placed in you will become perverted and polluted because he's not in control. Are y'all with me? Yeah. So if we think, well, we're going to be these heart people, we're going to live from our heart. Well, if he ain't in control of your heart, you don't want to live from your heart. Because what's going to come out of you is not going to be good. It's not going to be God. And that's why we've had all, all, for all these years, all these teachings about brokenness and surrender and all that stuff, it's all been about this one thing of allowing Him to control who you really are, your truest self. Are y'all with me so far? In fact, this is really the key. This is the true key to living the grace life. Okay? This is the true key to grace. It's, this is the only way grace really works, is for Him to be in control. Because grace is God living His life through you expressing himself in you and through you. And this is the only way he can do that if he has control of you. Are you all with me? All right. Is your life a temple? Now, remember, I started out talking about the church, how God wants the church to be a home for him. And God also wants to be a, the church to be a temple for him, a place where he can be worshipped corporately, a place where he can do things on a corporate-wide corporate level. But let's hold your place there and let's just read this this verse in 1 Corinthians 6. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And you know, I could read, I, you could start all the way back up at verse 12. In fact, Paul's got these things in this. This is pretty incredible in chapter 6. He says it over and over and over. He, he asks this question. Do you not know? Do you not know? Do you not know? Do you not know? He says it in several times. I haven't counted, but it's in several of the verses. But he says in verse 18, Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Y'all, are y'all straight with me? As the churches be the temple, so are the individual members. Now, are you getting what I'm trying to say to you this morning? Okay? Ask yourself this question. Is the only time I worship God is when I come to church on Sunday morning? I mean, honestly, ask yourself that question. That's a good question to ask. I mean, if it really is, then we can, we can say this. God is not at home in you. Therefore, God is not, you're not really being the temple that God's called you to be. If the only time you have a spiritual activity, if the only time you make sacrifices to God is when they pass the plate on Sunday morning, you know, I'm making my sacrifice to God, I'm going to give Him my $25 tip, you know. Some people, that's a sacrifice. Y'all are not laughing at that. You should be. If you were, you know, if you saw the other side, you would laugh, you would weep over that. But that really is a true state of many Christians. They tip God. That's not good. But, but the point I'm trying to make to you is this. Most of Christianity go to church to worship God. They go to church to get blessed by God. And that is not what it's supposed to be. It's not what God's designed it to be. And that's what Paul was praying there. He was praying that you as an individual, that Jesus would be at home in you. Jesus would be ruling in you. And your life would be a temple. Your life would be a worship to God. That's what he was praying. So we want the church, listen, you want the church to be all that. And Paul said, you guys are what makes the church up. And we want the church to be something that we're not. How can the church ever be a home for God if you yourself, He's not a home in you? I mean, ask the question. Can He be? Can He be? It doesn't make sense. It's like we have one part of the body that works. What if only your hand worked on your body? My hand works great but I, my arm can't lift my hand. And that's the way the sort of the church is. We have certain parts that work great, but the most of it don't. So we're like this body that has one piece working. It's because we are not being who we really are. We're coming here to get that, and it's not going to work. And we're going to see when God shakes, He's going to shake things that's not really His. All right, y'all, y'all hear that? If the church is to be built together as a home and temple of God, then it can only happen as individuals become a home and temple of God. It can only happen. 
So you want to know what's wrong with the church? Honestly? Do you really want to know what's wrong with the church? I'm talking about any church, the church in America, this church. Go into the bathroom and look in the mirror. That's what's wrong with the church. It's us. Because we're wanting to be the church to be something that we're not being. And how can we ask the church to be something that we refuse to be ourselves? How can we ask this church or any church be a home for God when He's not at home here? You be in control of this church, Lord. And He's not in control of you. Lord, you, let this be a place of worship when there's no worship in you. It's just not going to work. In the end, it's going to fail us. Um, go back. Let's, let me look at that just for a second. Are y'all with me this morning? Yeah. I think that's. What, I think I'm gonna stop there because I can't really take the time to talk about being rooted and grounded and all that good stuff. Although that's really good, I think you know, if I could say there's anything that we need to hear as Christians, is is those two verses. Honestly, we can't depend on, oh, let's depend on the pastor. You know, we're going to have a pastor that can do good preaching. And, oh, we're going to have this worship team that does all this for us, worships for us, preaches for us, does all this for us. God is saying, I don't want to do that no more. That's really what he's saying. I don't want to do that no more. That's not what I'm interested in doing. That's not what's in the Bible. And we really need to ask these questions to ourselves. I really want to encourage you. And let's just forget, let's just drop keep church out of the day on equation and think about us as individuals. It's not, it's not, is that not what really the Lord wants from your life, is to be in control of your life? Is that really not what He really wants? And that really is abundant life. It's when the Lord Himself is in control. It's not when you're in control. And I believe God is just wanting to make a, a proposition. If you'll start praying this, I pray this, just like this, Lord... I want you to govern my life. I want you to, Lord. Started praying that prayer. The Lord came in and started governing it. I'm thinking, I... wait a minute now. What is this? You know, I found all these things in me that was me. You know, I didn't like certain interruptions. I didn't, you know, I had, everything had to be done a certain way for me. And the Lord was saying, well, what if I don't want to do that? Brian? What if I have another schedule? And it was sort of hard for me at first, but, but as I went on with the Lord, as I'm going on with the Lord and, and allowing it every day, I'm finding that's where real joy is at. That's where real peace is. It's when we start turning over our life to Him and let Him govern it. But there is a fight that has to take place. There is this battle that's going to go on between you and God. Your soul is not going to go down easy. Your soul is not going to surrender easy. And there's this great war going on. And this is the truth. There's a great war going on for your heart. Who's going to get control of your heart? Are you going to have control of your heart? Or is God going to have control of your heart? And your future depends on who wins that war. It really does depend on it. The outcome of your life depends, does he have control or do I have control? The outcome of your life depends on that. 
Because God has a certain promises and a certain future for you, but there's no guarantees any of those are going to happen. And I promise you they won't happen if He doesn't hold them, if, he doesn't, if He's not the governor, if He's not in charge. So start praying that prayer, asking the Lord, Lord, I want you to be in charge. I ask you to govern. I ask you to, to, to overpower me. I ask you, Lord God, to do that. Lord, I want, I want my heart to be your home. I want you to live there. That's what I want. I want you to be at home. I don't want you just to be the guest who's using the bedroom upstairs, who I can throw out at any time. But I want you, I want to turn, I want you to be the landlord of my life. Now that, I want you to pray that prayer. I want you to ask the Lord to do that. I want you to ask Him every day. I want you to talk to Him about it. And as you do that, He's going to answer that prayer. And things will start happening in your life. Spiritual things that's going to be good. It's going to be blessed. It may seem kind of rough here and there. Amen? So let's just stand up and pray. This ain't, I don't believe this is a, well, you could do an altar call and say, who wants to give their, turn their soul over to the Lord this morning? We could do that. Anybody want to give, turn their soul over to the Lord this morning? Rhonda, you do? Anybody? Anybody want to turn their soul over to the, to the Lord this morning? Just say, Lord, I want to give it to you. I want you to have control of my soul, of my truest self, Lord Jesus. Now, here's the problem. Tomorrow, this same altar call is going to happen. You know? At any moment in the day, this can happen for you. As you're in your office working and somebody comes in and interrupts your train of thought, and you think, I hate interruptions. And the Lord says, but that is me who sent that person to interrupt you. Oh, it's hard to do that, but that's where the altar calls really. It's, that's where it's real. I, so that's why I'm a little bit hesitant about this, even though I think this is a good thing. I think it's a good thing that we say to the Lord this morning, Lord, we really do want you to govern us. That really is what Christianity is all about, is you taking over, you being the landlord. So, Father, you see these folks that are standing here, Lord Jesus, and, and we're going to be standing here tomorrow, too, and the next day, and the next day, for the rest of our lives, every day, Lord, we're going to get up, and we're going to surrender our rights and say, Lord, we want you to be in control. And, Lord, there's some of us in this room that have never, ever truly been broken by you. And there's a fight going on, and, Lord, I'm asking you to win that fight. Because you can win it. Just, just overpower, Lord. Overpower. As Paul said, let the, let the Spirit of God overpower you and your soul. And let Jesus be the caretaker. Let Jesus be the landlord of your life. And Lord, we are asking you that, Lord. Because, Lord, we understand. It, it, we want you to be that in this church. But we understand, Lord, only, you can only visit us it's hard for you to come and be at home here because we've not allowed you to be at home, Lord, because we as individuals have not allowed you to be at home, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, do it, Lord. Just right now, Lord, I'm asking every person in this room, Lord, you'd quicken us. You would remind us to pray for this and ask you for this. To surrender to you, Lord. To give our lives, to turn the title over to you, Lord Jesus. We ask you for that today, Lord. We are serious with you, Lord. And we bless you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that comes.
Thank you, Lord. Here's some things that happens in your life when the Lord starts doing that. Issues. He will bring issues to the surface. I'm talking about if there's sin issues in your life, they'll be brought to the surface. Nothing. Relationships. He will bring relationships to the surface that are not right, and He will absolutely force you to deal with them. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. He will force you in those areas. And ultimately, this is a sad state for some of us, ultimately if He's in control, the, you know, and this has been te- taught and, and it's really the truth, ultimately the, they say the greatest way of determining who's in control, what's, what drives a person, what a person's passions are, is, is get their checkbook out and see where they spend their money. God really wants control of, of that part of our life. And I think the great thing about that, if he's in control, he's pretty wise about money. He knows how to make money work where we don't. That's a hard one for us. So, Lord, we just ask you this morning, Lord. We just cry out to you. Please help us, Lord Jesus. Please bless us. Please touch us, Lord. Lord, help us in our, in our state of, of failure, in our state of weakness, where we've really not allowed the power of Jesus to come on us, Lord. And we've not allowed you to be in power, Lord. We've wanted you to. We've hurt for you, Lord. Lord, but we've not really allowed that. Lord, we're saying today we want to make another step towards surrender. We want to make it take another step into you, Lord, and allow you that lordship of our life. Lord, we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Amen.